Hey, hey, Podnutsians. Welcome to the Mini PC Show, episode 116. My name is Door to Door Geek. This podcast is all about big talk with little machines. Little machines of all size, of all form factors, of all price ranges, and of all qualities, and of all type of infrastructures. Uh, this show is brought to you by Captain Zero. I want to thank Captain Zero for his multiple years of support on all kinds of fronts, whether it be just letting me vent to him once in a while, me letting him vent to me once in a while, or us actually supporting each other and getting stuff done. So thank you very much, Captain Zero. If you would like to become a patron of this uh, network, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash mini PC show. Sorry, the mini PC show link will be in the notes if you want to go to it directly. We're joined this week by Brett and Rich. How's everything going, Brett? Going great. Um, got a couple new uh, new fun toys. Got uh, a couple things coming coming together. Some new uh, building things. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. I got, uh, believe it or not, I, I think we... we um, me and you, Dor, may have talked about this a while ago, but uh, the iPad 3 and 4, um, they're really, really good screens, but they're Apple. So, uh, well, I'll let Richard talk. I'll tell you what I did with the screens a little later on. Roger that. Uh, how's everything going, Rich? Very cool. Um, so, actually, a couple of cool things. I, I know you got one of these. That's uh, basically the Rock, Rock Chip 64 from Pine. But it comes with a screen, a power supply, a case, and is branded as, what was it called? I, I forget what it's called, but it's uh, the Recon Sentinel. Uh, so I got two, and my HDMI ports work on both of them. I, I set up the uh, uh, XFCE disc desktop, and they all worked fine. I mean, I didn't try streaming any video. Most of, most of the time when I use a single board computer, it's headless anyhow. So uh, no big deal. But... Uh, the real news is I opened the box uh, months ago. I got two 8-gig Raspberry Pi 4s. I had a reason to open the box, and that's because yesterday there is a VMware fling, and I got to give a shout-out to Christopher Thompson, U.S. Navy retired, but then I looked at his tagline. He's CCNA, VCP6, CCSE, SEC+, Plus, Net+, Plus, A+. Plus. He's Crikey. got like a... Yeah, right? Right? He tipped me off, thank you very much, that the ESXi fling for ARM is out there. I got a video out, so if you go to flyingrich.com, flying let me not slur my words, and click on my YouTube link there, you'll go to my page. Or if you go to youtube.com slash flyingrich, no space, you'll see my YouTube page and go to videos and you'll see how to install ESXi on a Raspberry Pi. I've done it on two. I smoke tested on a 4-gig Raspberry Pi, and I did it on an 8-gig Raspberry Pi today, and that's what I made the video on. So uh, I, I can't believe it works. It'll integrate with vSphere. you got to install a Vib to make it work. Um, i got a confession to make. I haven't been able to get a VM to run on it. So I, I don't know what the secret sauce is. Uh, I know x86, the secret sauce. I'm still trying to figure it out on the ARM world, on making it boot. Typically, x86, it's an ISO gets attached, and that's your boot drive, um, the installer disk, basically, and it's a virtual ISO. Uh, I tried doing the same thing. I've tried it with .img files. I tried doing it with renaming the .img and ISO. I've tried it with UEFI, 
uh, regular BIOS boot, and I, I haven't been successful yet. So there's some secret sauce I'm not aware of yet. Well, my logic is baby steps. Um, in the article, it does mention that it was announced in 2018. So it, it, if it feels like we've been waiting forever, it's because we've been waiting forever. Well, I was all juiced. I, I was at VMworld in 2018 when, uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, he walked out on stage with a Raspberry Pi in his hand. And when the Pi 4 came out with 4 gigs, I was like, oh, they're getting ready to do ESXi on it. There's some partnership working. And then when they came out with the 8 gig, I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. They're going to be doing ESXi on it. And then last week was VMworld in Mums the World Word. But apparently there's an ARM convention going on, ARM World something, I don't know what it's called. And that's when they came out with ESXi for the ARM uh, and specifically Raspberry Pi yesterday. So it's, um, unfortunately, it's not download the .img file and flash it and it'll work. You've got to download uh, Raspberry Pi OS. You've got to upgrade the EEPROM. You've got to boot into basically the BIOS and change a couple of settings. And then you can write the uh, VMVisor ISO, which is the ESXi, to a thumb drive. And then you can UEFI boot to that, install, and then you can run it. So a whole bunch of steps. I got a video on how to do it. I'm sure you'll include it in the show notes. And that's about it. And unfortunately, I'm going to drop off my... Unless you get any questions, because between my wife and I, politics is our sport. There's a debate tonight, and we're going to jump on it. There is? No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. (laughs) I thought you were goofing on us. Well, the one thing I wanted to just bring was, if you follow the link in the notes to the posting about this, uh, they do list about different platforms that this is capable of, where they go into a little bit better definitions. They classify three different areas of hardware. One is the data center, one is the near edge, one is the far edge. Of course, the data center being the, the most powerful and then going out is least. In the near edge, they have a solid run Honeycomb LX2, which is a slightly pricey board is what I'm going to say. And then on the far end, they actually have two boards. One is the Raspberry Pi 4 or 8 gig, which, of course, they do recommend the 8 gig, or something called the LS1046A-based NXP Freeway, which just rolls off the tongue. Three-way sounds interesting to me. No, <laughs> teasing, I'm teasing. I've got a joke for that, but uh, that's from another friend. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's keep it uh, family-friendly. So... um. We, we have our TAM meeting every Tuesday where I work, and TAM is technical assistance manager. That's from VMware. And he was talking about ARM and what VMware, really what they're looking to do is have ARM on the NIC, you know, or I should say ESXi running on an ARM NIC. And that does a whole bunch of things for you that helps out with NSX, which is their virtualization of networking. Uh, basically, it can be a firewall on the NIC, running because basically all of our home routers run on ARM. Uh, It offloads all of the networking process. So the CPU doesn't have to do the networking load anymore. It can just pass the data. And then the the smart NIC can handle all of the routing, security, VLAN, etc. So the CPU doesn't have to do any of that. So that's, you know, data center core uh, on x86. Of course, there's like you said, 
there's an arm, you know, there's going to be more and more arm in the world. And because um, I think price wise with Intel, uh, the Macs are going to be going arm. I think there's going to be pressure to go arm in the data center. It, it, I don't know how rapid it's going to happen. Uh, I agree with that. Arm will uh, will have to be part of it, or honestly, I think it'll be more than part of it. Yeah, it's it's going. I'm I'm not sure how rapid it'll be. I I think it's going to be kind of a curve where it uh, nothing, 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 and then it's going to just jet near vertical, like and AMD. Yeah, yeah, probably probably something, but it, it's gonna be a little bit slower acceptance than AMD because AMD was x86 still like uh, yeah still x86 yeah, but you know what I mean like like uh, as far as AMD versus Intel the switch was was quicker than anyone expected especially since it's AMD you know but because because everyone realized how much better it was the adoption was very quick I'm talking like right. Yeah, so so switching over to a different architecture, you're right, is going to be a little bit, could be quite a bit slower, but it could, you know, I think it'll take off relatively quick. So the cool thing about this is um, somebody like me, I, and I, I forget how much the 8-gig boards are. They're like $89 on Amazon. I got them from Canakit. Maybe there's a receipt in the box. Yeah, but I need to get one too. To, to have a cluster of three... Uh, so you can do failover and other things. Um, you know, you can do all sorts of different types of vMotion. So your VM can live move over to another uh, host when one host is getting powered down, upgraded, whatever it may be, or failing. So to set up a cluster, somebody like me used to use Nooks, which can get pricey. I mean, you're talking sub 100 bucks to per node in your cluster. So... For three hundred bucks, a switch which could be what twenty bucks a, a gig switch. Yeah, Pretty fifteen much. to twenty. Yeah, yeah, and you may need. I um, as far as I know, uh, vCenter isn't running on ARM. I'm assuming vCenter runs x86, so you may have to have an x86 machine to run vCenter. But you could have one nook or one fill in the blank in three boards like this, and boom. You can do whatever you want with clustering in your home lab. That'll be interesting. Um, I like that. Um, I need to get an eight gig one too, just because. Why not? <laughs> Mainly, you know. I'll be yeah. honest. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I I was messing with uh, Zen last week, and I I just wasn't getting anywhere. I uh, I had mild success with it, and bam. You know, I I guess maybe they were all gearing up for this arm. I, and I don't know what it's called, Arm World, whatever. It's not VM World, but that's going on this week, and I'm I'm thinking that's why everybody was releasing in, in the last few, like last week or so. Um, uh, I'm setting up uh, my video right now just so I can show you guys a couple of things that I've been doing. But uh, yeah, I'll uh, once I once I get accepted to join in, I'll uh, I'll show a couple of things. But uh, but that sounds really cool, Rich. Sounds really cool. And guys, if you don't have any further questions, I'm going to drop off and join my wife. Roger, guess. Roger. Guys, always good seeing you. Always good hanging out. Have a good one, bud. Take it easy, man. And for some reason, my webcam is horrible and does not want to do anything. Um, have plugged in and nothing. So uh, I'll just talk about what's going on right now. But other than, other than, you know, us two, me and Rich, how are you doing, Dora? Anything new? 
Um, I did get uh, two of those uh, pine boards when they were like 12 bucks. Uh, chatter in the chat uh, on YouTube. We're going to come out live. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. We try to post there when we go live uh, Wednesday nights. He says now they're up to $20 to buy that uh, pine board hidden in the plastic case. Um, I have plans to make one of them a, um, a honeypot. And, yeah. all, and all I want on that little screen is basically just a heartbeat thing, just so I can be aware that, yes, it is up. It is running. It is on the network. And it is like be able to yeah that'd be that'd be really cool well and i want to be able to give some kind of visual indicator that a uh something got tripped now with that said i can't find anything that's specifically designed for raspberry pies to be um um let me to be a honeypot per se i found ways to do it especially from captain zero sent me a link how you can do it using open canary but i was hoping i could literally just diet pie something onto it and that's one of the categories now i can say diet pie is completely inept with uh they're not doing honey pots correctly really they don't have a single offering on their whole system now besides that uh what i will say is i've been going a little bit ballistic crazy here um in the last um couple days successfully is the way i'm going to put it very carefully successfully printing uh this device here, line 244 in the notes, Brett. Um, I am a huge fan. There's no way I can even try to mask this. I'm a huge fan of the Ice Tower Cooler uh, for the Raspberry Pi. That thing's a beast. It, now, they do have a smaller version, but that's literally half. No, you don't No, you don't need smaller. It's, it's awesome. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I would not go smaller, especially in that setup. Well, and um, both of them keep the temperature is the exact same. So if you want something small and tidy, you can get the small version. I have this version and this guy uh, put up on Thingiverse and links to Imager and more links to YouTube describing the entire build print and put together process for this basically mini desktop like case for the Raspberry Pi 4. And I'm going to do it. The only question is how many times am I going to have to print the same thing to get it to work right? And I did also find a fan um on the market that i'm not really you know abreast of fan quality as i'm going to put it and uh liam and aaron two really good guys uh both said the fan i chose to put in here because it it is the default ice tower cooler fan but it also does a secondary fan they insisted was a fantastic quality manufacturer of fans it's good what's uh what's the manufacturer i knew you were going to say that um it's not like a Noctua, or is it, or because Noctua is the only only one that I really know that. Yes, N O C two U A. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I actually put on my three D printer's um, hot um, plate to cool down the uh, the extruder, and I was genuinely surprised that at the same, actually at a higher blow through rate, I could not hear it. When on the last one, I thought the only I thought the reason I could hear it was because it was just against the the uh, the uh, heat sinks. But I mean, insane how quiet they are. I mean, and just absolutely incredible fans. Well, and without sounding like a baby or a first worlder, um, it has no choice but to be 100% quiet, or I won't use it because the Raspberry Pi. Four is literally running within arm's reach at all times. I can literally reach out and touch it. That's how close it's going to be to me. And this is, by God, the ugliest yet sexiest fan 
I think I've ever seen. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to see it, Dor. Well, One of these days, I'm going to have to see it. Well, the link is in the notes. Now, I will say it is not RGB. Oh, oh, are, are you're, you're talking about the one, the, the 3D printed case thing. Yeah, the uh, fan oh, okay, one you yeah. use for, for, for it. It, it is definitely that not like crazy attractive looking. It's literally brown and brown color. Yeah, no, those, it, yeah, that's the same thing as mine. It's, it's a light brown and a dark brown, and it's a good looking fan. You know, it really is. Well, it stands out, is the way I'll put it. Um, so that's the hope. I'm going to get that together because here's the real thing. Technically speaking, I want to say the temperature on this Raspberry Pi, no matter what I do, will not go above 37, okay? It doesn't even throttle till you get into the 50s, okay? So this thing has no chance of throttling. So really, yeah. I'm only doing this for, like, giggles because you put the second fan on the case, and it's going to literally lower the running temp to 35, and it, like, will not go above 35 degrees. Jeez. That's pretty nice. Yeah, then my logic is, because it's the exact same form factor, maybe down the road I can look at then getting a, um, um, you know, 8-gig eight, eight model. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just want the 8-gig model. Just like I said, like I told Rich, just because it's 8 gigs on a mini PC. I mean, well, no, let me rephrase that. It's 8 gigs on a Raspberry Pi. I know there's, there's many PCs that, you know, I, I think me and you have talked before how the Raspberry Pi is... I don't want to say like Apple, but they were the first, and they're kind of the trendsetters, quote unquote, loosely. Um, doesn't mean they're the best. It means that they're the most reliable, usually. That makes sense. Oh yeah, and they absolutely struck at the right time. If they were, yeah, they did. You know, six months earlier or six months later, they might have missed the boat, and somebody else might have took it. Yeah, and it just it it blows me away how how they uh, started. You know. Not, not even. I, I don't think anyone could have even thought of everything that that the Raspberry Pi has become, or the single board computer for that. You know, from the from the AI to the well, quote unquote AI to you know. Um, I remember seeing an article four years ago, maybe a little longer, where the Raspberry Pi two was being used as one of Singapore's missile brains. You know, and it just like. You don't think of things like that because it is literally a throwaway computer if it has to be. It's as close as you can get, well, especially the zero, you know. You can, if it breaks, you know, like I tend not to worry about soldering directly to them. If it's something that I know will work for a while, but if I break it, grab another one. Yeah, and I did read an article, link will not be in the notes of this one, to a fast company article that was basically insinuating we are at the precipice of an insane technological revolution that no one can see coming is seeing coming or will even understand when we go through it because it's not anything like your normal standard technical revolution and what they were trying to say was quantum no 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 no, no. <laughs> the amount of materials needed is going to drop by nearly tenfold in order to still do tenfold more things um computers are only getting smaller it was a, yeah. literally one person's generation ago. A yeah. computer was the size of a room. It required hundreds of people to die to dig stuff out of the earth. And it yeah. did next to nothing. Now we have things that are smaller than a deck of cards that can literally map out pi to a billion places in a split second. In the next 10 yeah. years, it's only going to get smaller. It's only going to use less materials. And it's only going to, to become more powerful to where it's going to be 
literally computers will be like oxygen. They'll be like dirt. It'll be everywhere and hopefully just, you know, be more available to everybody at every level and just get things done. Do you remember um, in one of the other groups that me and you are part of, I don't remember which one, uh, the guy that basically created an encyclopedia on a Raspberry Pi Zero that he would send to third world countries that all they had to do was plug it in and it would have the base amount of medical data on it. Now, with with what I'm sure is going on, you know, with uh, what do they call them? Low altitude uh, satellites, I think. They, you know, you'll be able to run a Raspberry Pi Zero, but have the computer, you know, be remoted into a computer that's in a server farm. Kind of like what I'm doing now, but, you know, you'll be able to do that anywhere. And it's and it's really interesting, but but like you said, it's there's there's things that, that people one generation ago couldn't have even imagined. I mean, look, yeah. I mean, there's you can't you can't even fathom what can go on in ten years. Yeah. Um, internet in a box. Uh, yes. Good friend Josh. Um, he Josh, literally. That's right. Yeah. He literally like goes over to um, the um, middle of Asia, drops down, helps build a school, helps build some some buildings, then puts up some infrastructure for people like Doctors Without Borders and um, for, for the schools to have basically encyclopedias locally to where they don't need, you know, even hundreds of dollars worth of computers. They just need pennies worth of computers. Thanks to yeah. at least how the Raspberry Pi was originally, um, originally intended. Yeah. Or originally made, I should say. Oh, and I do have that link to fast company in the notes. I thought I, I missed it. Um, so if you want to see how they now, uh, the trigger word I'm going to use to some people is this huh. article. I know this article is an example of rational optimism. I said that slowly because that's not a term that a lot of people tend to get. A lot of people think it means you're blind and you're a fool because you think everything's going to work out perfect. Um, that, that makes no sense. That's the exact opposite of what it means, isn't it? Exactly. Rational <laughs> optimism means you know stuff's going to happen that's bad. You know some people are going to die. Some things are going to fail. Things aren't going to always go your way, but human the greater good. Well, human innovation, humans helping human kind of things will never stop, will never slow down. Um, so you know, dare I say, keep your chin up. It's it, it's a good little read, is the way I'll put it. Also, I'll I'll look that up, or I'll uh, I'll save that article, and we'll uh, I'll have to mess around with that. Hey, uh, one link I just wanted to make sure was higher up in the notes before I forgot. It was um, uh, tangentially associated with what Rich was talking about. Uh, where he was trying to work on the Zen project. Literally, I want to say it was less than 24 hours after he gave up on everything Zen and said, I'm done. Um, the Zen uh, being the AMD thing, right? Uh, Zen being the virtualization. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, literally, I want to say less than 24 hours after he gave up on it, uh, the Zen project officially ports its hypervisor to the Raspberry Pi 4. So. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, that's funny. I, I mean, that's... that's... Annoying, but, you know, funny. Yeah, timing is everything. Uh, Yeah, they literally published it Tuesday, the 29th. I want to say Rich gave up on, like, the 27th. Oh, geez. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, more competition, better. Yeah, and I'm going to add a couple notes, a couple links, just to things that I've found in the last few days. Um, I've been working with, um, I've been working with that same company, the Aragon and 
we've been doing some uh, interesting things with, with the Dreamcatchers, with the idea of um, she had this, uh, basically a Dreamcatcher with a mirror in it, and it was a kind of a reference to, I believe it's Snow White, but whatever the one that has the magic mirror in it. And uh, I messaged her, you know, when I saw it, I said, you know, I can put a, I can put a face in that, right? That moves. And, uh, well, long story short, she, she got pretty excited about that. Um, so I'm going to post a link to the Magic Mirror forums. And basically what that is, I don't know if you guys have ever talked about them on here, is the idea that you put a screen behind a one-way or two-way, whichever, whichever, you know, the tint of a, uh, of a screen shines through, but when the, when the screen is off, it looks like a regular mirror. So I ended up doing a, uh, a couple things with that. And so the idea is, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting it ready for, I believe the 16th. So I have a few days left and I'm almost done with the, uh, prototyping and stuff. Basically when someone walks by this thing, the led backlight will turn on, um, slowly using a PWM will slowly turn on and it'll be hooked to a Raspberry Pi that'll be running a loop of the magic mirror um, face, the little mask thingy. Um, so as someone walks by, PIR catches it and they uh, it kind of just kind of shows up and goes down. My biggest problem right now is battery life because I'm using a screen, even though, even though it is LED um, backlight, it is still a screen and a Pi running, you know. So between that and the other thought that I had is just a uh, an acrylic face, um, an acrylic uh, engraved engraved acrylic with a face in it that would that LEDs on the edge lit would light up. Basically the same effect without the moving. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been working on that, wrapping my head around it and honestly having so much fun. But uh, I don't know if any of that made sense, but basically we're we're doing a mirror that that shines the face through it, but only sometimes. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, and I will say it almost reminds me. Oh, a, I'll say screens are the worst. Anybody with smartphone usage knows the number one way to yeah. save your battery life: dim your screen. Um, screens kill power. Um, and I will say it's all that what you're talking about is also reminding me. This is the this is October. We're technically in October. Yeah. With Halloween coming, is it me or could Halloween be the most mini PC like holiday ever because I mean, oh, yeah, we've all seen I, yeah. crazy stuff on people's lawns, and I just keep thinking, why don't they just use an Arduino or a Pi and just do it themselves? Yeah, um, between that and Christmas lights, um, but I can see Halloween being you know, well, the do it yourselfers dream, you know, the uh, uh, who's the guy that did the, the glitter bomb, the porch pirate thief glitter bomb thing. Um, where when people would steal a package from his uh, house, he would uh, they would open it up and it would literally have a 3D printed spinning blender of the finest glitter that you can buy with phones that recorded everything that they, that and watched it. It was yeah, um, but you know I I can imagine someone like us or him or someone just going all out with that and just having so much fun with the animatronics all the way down to lights you know right yeah i mean and it's literally infinite stuff you can do with that kind of thing um i'll put it like this um 
I was morally opposed forever from printing things that required anything else. Well, I broke down and I bought a huge pack of uh, M2, M4, and M6 screws. Good for you. I need to do that, too. And so I'm going to now say I am going to start to do something in the realm of small, custom, like IoT-type things. Um, I don't know what yet, but something. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, Because there's always going to be that jump, that that nervous jump of... um, from printing out, you know, things that, that don't need anything else to printing out. I mean, I've gone to the to the enclosure side, and I haven't uh, really come back. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, enclosures for IoT, my ESP32s, which I think I still have, like, 70 of them, or 80. So, uh, yeah, it's once you realize what you can do with an enclosure, and I'll have to, what, uh, what CAD do you use? Do you use Tinker? I can't design nothing. I just download stuff. Okay. Well, then I'll have to design some stuff for you because I have all of the reference files of all the main of a lot of the boards, like my ESP, which had no reference uh, um, reference reference CAD file that I could ever find, um, and it uh, I had to I had to basically scan it into my computer and then trace it, and that way I can punch it out of any of the things that I make. So yeah, just whenever you need anything specific, if you can't find it, let me know. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll design it up real quick and I'll uh, send it to you. Very cool. Very cool. Um, there was, hang one second here, two more pieces of hardware. I basically felt like I had to talk about while this site that I'm going to have to now blacklist is complaining about my ad blocker. I'm going to have to figure out a different site here soon. Um, uh, the two pieces of hardware they're actually related because of a question I got in Reddit. Um, the first one is line 239 in the notes. Um, and it's basically, there's an Intel-based RockPi X SBC, okay? Bottom line, 50 bucks, okay? Um, sorry, starting oh. out at $49. $49 Intel Cherry Trail mini computer like truly like almost raspberry pi sizes it's a little bit bigger than a raspberry pi but not much bigger than a raspberry pi not much um now for the it, like, it utilizes both sides a lot different than the raspberry pi though yes yes it does um wow. what i'll like to the newbie what i'll say is this it's basically running the same architecture as your desktop your laptop all those other things which means it can more easily run things like windows uh, more um, things that are built for that type of interface. The ARM computers, you have to wait for something to be specially coded for that interface. So with this, you'll be able to run anything Windows-related that that is low re, low like um stats, low specs needed. But for literally starting out at fifty bucks. Now it does go up to seventy-five bucks. It's a uh, Cherry Trail Atom. Uh, Plus, with gigabit Ethernet, uh, power over Ethernet, uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, 4K ready, HDMI 2.0, 4 USB, I think 2.0, if I'm not mistaken. But it really is a great, um, looks like one USB 3.0, a great introductory mini computer for people who need a Windows ecosystem. Yeah, I could see that. Um, it would give, because it has GPIOs, right? It has little breakouts? Yep. Yeah, I could, I could see that being... Really interesting for someone that, you know, I mean, in all reality, Linux is scary. It is 
when you're brand new to it, looking at the at the uh, command line, I mean the console, the is just the scariest thing you can look at if you don't know what you're doing. And I learned that the hard way in high school when I was doing uh, when I learned how to use Kali Linux. Well, actually, technically, it was Backtrack Two back then. But uh, yeah, that's a story for another day. Anyway, uh, Sorry, yeah. So forgot. no, no, you're good. Um, so I've been I've been messing around with. Uh, I have an obsession with screens. I'll just throw that out there. I enjoy having information in front of me. Right now, I can count two screens side by side. I have one of those Google Hubs, the little seven-inch one, which I'm just trying out. It's kind of neat. But what's kind of neat about that is I can cast a YouTube video onto it. The only problem is I can't look at my security cameras on it. Um, but I have in my desk with a slide back top a piece of glass that under the piece of glass is a 24-inch monitor. Um, that is just mainly for... Originally, it was I would slide the, the top of it back, pull this up, and it was a touchscreen, but I broke the touchscreen. So now it's just a... Actually, now I could probably use it as a touchscreen if I got an external touchscreen for it. Um, but now it's just for aesthetics and just looks nice and um, eventually have my uh, home assistant calendar, all that fun stuff, uh, all my to-do list, which actually brings me to one of the lines to... 54, which was really intriguing. Um, I like e-paper. I really enjoy it. I haven't gotten one as far as my own, but I have probably three or four nooks that over the years I've I've hacked or you know done something to to where they act as Android tablets, and that was always fun for me. But but this is kind of neat just to have you know just your to-do list. Because, you know, Dor, you know me. I uh, tend not to uh, do my to-do list because I tend not to know where I put it. So having it in one simple spot would be great if I wrote it down, you know. Well, yeah, it, it, it has to be frictionless to add things to it. Yeah. And to mark yeah, that complete. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I've been working on for, I mean, ever since I got into many PCs, is it has mainly been for the reason of, I don't want to say, okay, so there's a, there's a show that I really like called uh, Person of Interest. It was on a few years ago, really corny, but basically an AI that, um, that categorizes and finds patterns and looks for bad people. Well, later on in the series, it, it, the guy that created it, his dad was, had Alzheimer's. And it goes into the backstory of he created this whole AI machine so it would help his dad remember and I will throw it out there. I will be completely honest. I almost cried on that episode because that is the exact same thing I've been doing because I have, I have a great long-term memory if it gets that far. My short-term memory, I'll walk out the door and forget what I walked out the door for. I mean, three steps. But uh, yeah, it, my mini PC journey has always been either to write things down, make things easier to write, or make things easier to find. And just information has always been my my biggest enjoyment. Gotcha, gotcha. I will say my wife also loved that show, partially because the casting, but partially just because it was good uh, storytelling. 
it, it really was good storytelling between that and uh, the one that's still going on. I but I have a I guess you could say a man crush on James Spader. I love the Blacklist. Just hearing his monologues are you know um, he's basically he run he he plays a basically a bad guy, but it's the same guy from Sixteen Candles, I believe, in uh, Boston Legal, and uh, him as an older person has the greatest voice for monologues. He's like uh, Morgan Freeman, just different. Yeah, and I'll say this guy who did this e-paper thing, he did good documentation from what I can tell, and uh, he has a full like video basically showing you everything about it, how uh, he was entering the data in from a phone interface, which I gotta say, that, that was pretty slick. Yeah, I was looking at that. That is pretty interesting. I like that. I've been uh, trying to make all my, my smart whatever you want to call them, um, assistants, um, hook up all to the same uh, to-do lists. Um, so far, the Echo has probably been the best because I can use if this, then that. Which, uh, do you want to talk about the uh, the new fun thing that they did? What are your views on it? Well, I'll say years ago, I would have thought, I think, the polar opposite. Uh, now, in 2020, I feel like if I don't pay for something... I hear like a ticking time bomb going off behind my head where all of a sudden, sooner or later, this thing is going to go away because people are not giving it money. Uh, so if this, then that started a pro subscription model, pay what you want. I believe today, unfortunately, is the last day uh, for you to go in and pick your price, October the 7th. So if you go there today, you can pay as little as $2 and you get all the pro features in air quotes. Um, they are going to limit what is available in the free tier now? Also, if the in the paid, um, one of the things that people didn't like about if this then that was, you would sometimes have to wait 15 minutes for a routine to click and go through. Um, yeah, that that was pretty annoying. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the pro, you can push it up faster, kind of thing. Which uh, for for the most part, I'm okay with stuff taking a little bit of time. But I just literally just wanted to give them money because the backbone of how I take notes and how I document every link I've ever brought to any show for the last five plus years, at least has been thanks to if this, then that automation. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I've, uh, I was completely fine with, uh, setting up, you know, paying for it. The only thing I don't like that they did was they now limit the free version to only three applets. And if anyone that's on, if this, then that, on a regular basis knows that three doesn't do really anything. Yeah. Unfortunately that would just make the people just go create more, uh, more, um, a, um, a accounts, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Right now I'll say to address like one of the, um, elephants in the room. Um, we have another new piece of hardware out in the mini computing world and it's the, uh, NVIDIA $59 Jetson nano two gig version computer. Um, okay. $50 Jetson Nano 2 gig. The other one was the Rock Pi X Intel based. You could get up to four gigs and it was $75. Um, and then you, you, somebody will inevitably say, well, which one's faster? Which one's better? Well, <laughs> there is no right answer. It's like comparing no. an off road truck and a Ducati and a drift car. It depends what road you're on. Yeah. You know, um, it depends what task you throw at it. Um, if you want to learn machine learning AI type of things, it is super difficult to do better than this little 59 Jetson nanocomputer uh, that literally has, um, 
it's on like a hundred and something cores. One hundred ninety-two. I yeah. just uh, one hundred twenty-eight. Sorry. Yeah, one hundred and twenty-eight core processor. Hundred and twenty-eight yeah. core processor. Okay, yeah. So if you want to get into that kind of world, there is no doubt. You buy this little computer for fifty-nine bucks, and if you do the work, which is all free, it's all free. You just go into a website like edX, Coursera, or whatever, and just look at it and download it and run it. And literally in eight months of that, you can have yourself a brand new career getting paid anywhere from 140 starting out to like maybe 180,000 starting out because these jobs are in demand, like crazy demand. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if your goal is you want to run, um, you know, like a super light desktop and you want to run like classic video games, for instance, well, then you want the yeah. Intel based board. Um, which I will say brings me to line 253 in the notes, and I'm bringing this up just so I'm positive I do mention it. Um, Internet Archive uh, is, I'm sorry to sound like sappy, it is a world treasure. because It is. No, I completely agree. Yeah, because it's doing the work that nobody else does. It's doing the work nobody else wants to do. It's doing the work nobody else will do, is the way I'll put it. Yeah. Um, and they have a thing on there basically called Console Living Room. Uh, which I think is fantastic. Right in the browser, you can select uh, any of the pre-configured systems kind of thing, or you can just search for games. And you can right there launch a ColecoVision game, uh, a uh, a uh, uh, Atari 2600, 7800, Game Gear, PlayStation 1, uh, Sega Genesis, on and on and on and on. You basically just click, click, and then you're playing a game. And it does have... Uh, the ability to use a controller, a you know, configured controller. So if you want to run a super low-powered computer, hook it up to your TV and enjoy Dig Dug or Crash Bandicoot or um, Atari 2600 Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, then you need yourself archive.org and you need to go to console living room. But I'll also say while you're there, why don't you click on the banner and donate? It's right in the middle, has a little heart next to it. Donate, you know, three bucks. Or five bucks. Um, every year I donate to Wikipedia. Every year I donate to archive.org because without those two kinds of services, I'm pretty sure my sanity would be shortened. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so this is the kind of thing where I look forward to, like when I retire, just uh, hooking hook, hooking that up to a big screen and playing some, uh, you know, Astro Smash and stuff. Yeah, sorry. I'm uh, sorry about that. Um, I had to change my my uh, shortcut key because it was scrolling. Um, you know, it just, especially with the way that everything's moving so fast and like you were talking earlier, it's just going to go faster. Everything's going to get lost. I mean, anything on anything. You can't find it a year later, let alone 20. You can't find it a week later on a lot of articles. Yeah, and I hate to say that's by design, I believe. they. they I agree. They just want you to just keep scrolling forever and not to go back to find the same stuff. Yeah. Um, and then one, like, I don't, I don't want to say side note. I just wanted to bring up was line two fifty four in the notes. Um, I don't want to say anybody, any company or anything is approaching a day of reckoning because that's like an extreme overstatement, but this is like one of the truths about the future. Um, Intel knows their days are numbered. They are going to have to do something else. Um, yeah, they will. AMD, same camp. Um, NVIDIA just bought 
um, SoftBank's uh, interest in ARM, it has to go through, but they're going to get it, um, where they swear they're going to keep everything open and available. But there is still other chips that are out there. Uh, India is going to be the number one economy in the world, period. There's no stopping it. There's no slowing it down. The number of people they have coming out of poverty is insane. Okay, They are going to be the number one economy in the world in a matter of years. I want to say around eight to 10 years. Um, and in India, they designed a risk V chip that is their third successful chip. So they're not basing it off of Intel. They're not basing it off of x86, x64. They're not basing it off of ARM. They're basically going their own way kind of thing. Um, it is great for competition. Um, but also that means that they are looking at in some future owning a corner of the processing market which if they do, then they will have the power to determine where it goes in the future. Um, these are the kind of things that nobody is looking at. It's the way I'm going to put it. Um, but this is the kind of thing that I like keep abreast of because every time somebody makes advancement, every other company looks over their shoulder and says, well, what do we got to do? So yeah, just keep looking forward. We're going to keep seeing all these advancements uh, in all these processors. ARM is going to keep getting smaller, cooler, and more powerful. Um, Arm said by 2022, they're, they're big little processors. Uh, all of the big processors are going to be 64-bit only. All of the little processors are going to be 32-bit only, thus m making for better power usage and power saving. Wow. That'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. Um, it's a little... I mean, honestly, I, I enjoy the competition because... And the diversity because it's it makes certain things useful and certain things not useful in the right situation. Just like you were talking about with the Jetson and stuff, depending on the situation is what you want. But for us, you know, we just we just want to do things. You know, we we just just because. Yeah, uh, and I will say I still am enjoying Phoenix F E N I X Linux on the Raspberry Pi Four. Um, still can't get Steam to run any further, but the normal desktop I'm completely satisfied with. Um, right now it's not running because the Mumble server is running off of it. Long story short, the Mumble hosting provider we have is still having issues. They have not been able to recover from a hard drive failure now for like two weeks, which is kind of crazy. Um, but I did want to bring this other one up in the notes, line 245, and it's only because maybe this is the beginning of a trend. Uh, we had Raspbian X, we had Twister. We have um, uh, Phoenix. Now we have this other one called Endeavor OS, where it looks like its main goal is that it's trying to be everything to every user. Um, as soon as you like log in, the first thing it does is it lets you pick different desktop environments, um, which of course they have like everything that you can think of. Um, it's based off of Arch Linux is the first thing I got to say. They have custom, okay. custom builds for Odroid N2, N2 Plus, XU4. Like put it on the XU4 and the Raspberry yeah. Pi 4 B Plus. Um, also for the Pinebook Pro and the Pine 64. So I might just put it on the Pinebook Pro. Um, Why not? I know. Um, when you go to the OS Arm website, you see that they support Cinnamon, KDE, Plasma, i3. Um, basically every type of desktop I think you've ever heard of. These guys support. Um, so you know, competition's good. I just wish I had more time to play with all these things. Yeah, no, I, I, 
I, I think that uh, when it gets spread so diverse, you've got to pick one or six and uh, go that way. Me is six, you know. I tend to, to go six different ways. and They all kind of follow the same road. They're just six different lanes all at the same time. Okay, so you can choose the Deepen Desktop, which I will say, that's shocking if they got the Deepen Desktop working correctly on there. Um, What's the Deepen Desktop? Uh, Deepen is not official Chinese government, but it is a Chinese distribution of Ubuntu that people who don't know how to read source code swear it's a tool of the Chinese government um, to like spy on everyone. Everyone else who looks at the source code just says, dang, this is a pretty, pretty Linux, maybe the prettiest Linux desktop of all. Um, and they also have XFCE, LQ, LXQT, Mate, Cinnamon, Gnome, Bungie, Plasma, and i3, uh, among other choices for your personalized desktop. Um, I'm tempted literally just to boot this up just to see if Deepin is running. Yeah, I mean, why not? I'm trying to, let's see, trying to save to the, uh, what you call it, our uh, notes. Um, but I'll, I'll get that going pretty soon. Um, yeah, I've been, yeah, you bring up one more thing and then I got a, I got a little bit of a rant if you don't mind, or I don't know about a rant, but a tangent. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well then I'm going to go with this gaming thing, which I will say, um, I think the best, one of the best features of these, these low price boards and low price systems is the ability to do uh classic games on them um the odroid go advanced is one of the better bang for the bucks when it comes to mini computers for gaming it essentially looks like a game boy advanced but they now have baked into their operating system uh multiplayer preview um this is going to be like one of those i hate to use game changers because it's such a pun but you'll be able to literally just boot up any of these systems a um a um, Tari, Sega, Sega CD, NES, Super Nintendo, TurboGrafx-16, TurboGrafx-16 CD, MAME, PlayStation, Dreamcast, and Nintendo 64, and play multiplayer with multiple Go advances with no special sauce needed, no special code needed, no hard work needed at all. It's literally baked into the operating system and baked into the device. Um, this is good stuff. I like that. Um, yeah. I have the if that's the it's the Go Advanced only. Yeah, I have the I have the original Odroid Go still, and I still play Pokemon on it. You know that one doesn't do nearly as much, but uh, it's still based on the same board that I use for all my stuff. And I just think it's fun. Yeah, it just works. Uh, the biggest difference is they have more buttons on theirs. Yeah, yeah. The I guess the if I remember right, the it's the black one, right? Uh, the first iteration of it was black now, or like charcoal, black, smoky. Now they do have, I think, two colors. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll, uh, I'll have to, I'll have to get one of those because, you know, you know me, I've, uh, I've dabbled in retro gaming for off and on for quite a while. Um, I just don't, you know, I'll always go back to the, to the older games that have a good story. Don't just rely on, uh, good graphics to, you know to make up for a bad story, at least in my opinion, in some cases. I agree. So you have a rant? Um, yeah, so, well, more of a, just a thought, or just a uh, tangent. I uh, started doing those screens, 
And like I said, I have a uh, I have a screen obsession. So come to find out, you can go on eBay or you know any of the you know for sale sites, and you can get an old quote unquote old, which is still a 2K display, um, iPad 3 or 4 LCD screen. And I ended up getting four of them. And mainly because I wanted to make sure shipping was, I would get them as soon as I could, and I was going to send the other ones back, but I kind of decided to keep them. So you can get them for anywhere from 10 to 12 sometimes $20 a piece. And that's for a 9.7 um, 2K quote-unquote retina display that is in fact quite beautiful. Now it's useless until you find that they did a LCD driver board form that lets you put HDMI um, mini actually the one that I have has a mini HDMI it has three different display sources and it has audio output and headphone output um, meaning it's got one uh, one audio output that goes directly to it's got a little um, amp built into it that goes to speakers and then it's got the headphones that doesn't have the amp in line so what I did was I decided to make a couple displays that show things um, whether or not be you know certain uh, cameras, you know, um, I like dashboards, um, whether it be a car dashboard, whether it be um, a 3D printing dashboard, because I have five 3D printers, and I have a setup to where I can see all the, everything that's running on them all at one time. So it'd be nice just to have that, have it, have it on a screen that I can just glance over every once in a while. But uh, it was all really cool, and it was working, and I got it running. Um, I hooked up my Pi 4 to it, ran in 2K, no problems, and then I did what the instructions said. So I guess this is a rant. Um, the instructions say uh, it'll run on a micro USB, 5 volt, and it says, but we recommend using the um, barrel jack and using 12 volt. And I thought, kind of weird that you can use both. Well. The board itself shows 5 to 12 volt, so I figured there must be a regulator on it. So I plug it in, and I plug it into a 500 milliamp 12 volt source, so I wouldn't, just in case. It worked for a while, worked okay, you know, nice and, it was, it didn't seem to go as bright as it did with the, uh, with the 5 volt 2 amp, which makes sense, because it's, no, yeah, 5 volt 2 amp, because technically it is... A little bit more amperage, um, so or at 12 volts. So it, so I plug it in a little later on, and now it won't start up. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know, I plug it in wrong. No, everything's plugged in right. Why is it not? Well, the the little board that that connects the LCD of the that converts the LCD of the iPad ribbon cable to the 40 pin, or technically 51 pin of the LCD board has a little voltage regulator on it and what that thing's job is is so it doesn't put too much power through it and it keeps the voltage at a, a the voltage at a steady you know so when you put too much power through a voltage regulator you tend to let out what's called the blue smoke and I'm sure most if not everyone knows what the blue smoke is and so I'm looking I'm looking and I see this little 
little hole on the top of it. So apparently 12 volts is not supposed to be what it's supposed what you're supposed to put in. So it fried. So now I'm stuck with right now I have three screens um, and one controller board that all work, but the adapter board is blown up. So I and I can't get the adapter board just by itself until November 30th. Ugh. Yeah, so but I called I, I sent a message to the company. I'm like, hey, what happened? Like, and they didn't send me anything back. They just, you know, they said, well, or they didn't, they didn't uh, really send an explanation. They just said, well, you know, go ahead and return it. We'll, uh, we'll pay for it and we'll send you out a new one. So that's my little fun thing. But, but the idea behind it is pretty interesting that you can get a 10 inch display or less than 10 inch display that is 2K and it does look really nice. An HDMI display for under, because I found the LCD boards by themselves, you can get them for under 40 bucks. So a $50 10-inch display, 50 to $60 10-inch display that can view anything that you just hook a Raspberry Pi up to and you can run as a desktop. You hook a, you hook a Pi Zero up to it and you run it as a Home Assistant desktop. Um, the only thing is that it's not uh, the original touch board, touch screen, but they have resistive touch screens that go right over it that plug right into the board. So it's interesting what they've done, what you can do with very cheaply. Yeah, and I think that'd be like a great project to, especially like the um, magic mirrors and stuff. Yeah, and that and that's basically what I got them for originally was, you know, it's it's a it and especially since it was five or 12 volts my idea was you know you don't need the 19 volts that the that the led tends to run off but uh yeah i blew up that board and uh i have a very very hard time not unsoldering it and trying to see if i can fix it before they send the new one but i need to hold myself back because you know yeah yeah just better to wait unfortunately it is but yeah so yeah so that was my little uh interestingness very cool very cool um i definitely think we did a good show here uh, uh, this this week um uh what is the simplest way for people to catch up with your stuff there brett um hansen underscore 3d on instagram h-a-n-s-e-n underscore 3d will get you all my random led lights um i'm gonna try to make it a little bit more i guess you could say professional and then i also started the uh I think it's a 3D Nomad um, on uh, Instagram too. I'll have to. I'll get. I'll get the uh, the link to door because basically, I'll be traveling with a 3D printer in an RV. That's that's just my goal and a massive server. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, if you guys want to check out that video from Rich where he's doing the ESXi on Raspberry Pi 4, it's flyingrich.com. I believe he has YouTube videos linked over there now. Um, if you guys want to uh, contact us, it's really easy by voicemail, 7076-PODNUT. It's really easy by email, minipc at podnuts.com. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, it is patreon.com slash the minipc show. Uh, and we are on Discord, link in the notes. Uh, and I will just ask everyone, do not forget to support those who support you and uh, follow your passions. Like we have a passion about bit of big talk with little machines. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good night. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. 
The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology related. You can find us on iTunes and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen and let us know what you think. <laughs>